From home to work, health to agri, this is Tech Matters on KCLR, a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives with John Clear. Hello and welcome to Tech Matters. I'll be with you up to 7pm today and this is the last show. And it would be really great to hear your feedback on the show. You can drop me a line on 083-306-9696. Just let us know what you thought about the show. So over the last five weeks, we have covered subjects such as home and pet tech, the future of work, kids tech and agri, health tech and senior tech. And all of these shows are available on the KCLR website to listen back on. I'm John Clear and I run a company called Unmake based in Kilkenny and I help and train companies, mostly tech companies, to align their teams and solve business products and category challenges quickly. On this week's show, we'll be looking at travel and transport tech with Carl Egan from Enterprise Ireland. And we will close the show off on some predictions for 2023 with Scott Newton from Thinking Dimensions. But first, as always, let's talk to Jason Larkin of Electro City. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. And this week we're talking, obviously, transport and travel. We have uh, two products to review today, and then we also have the competition prize. Yeah. So let's look at the two products that we're reviewing today. And I think the first one is called the Nextbase Dashcam. So that's Correct. for your car, is it? It is indeed. Uh, the main benefit of your dashcams, lately anyway, we want to protect against any fraudulent uh, insurance claims. They'll deter theft, and then also they can lower your insurance premium as well if you have them in the car, which is actually quite a convenient thing because uh-huh. they will look at that and they will see, okay, well, this car does have an actual dash cam. It can prove, you know, in regards to, like, say, if yes. there's any instance and things like that. So these are becoming features of when you're applying for insurance, like, do you have an immobiliser? Exactly, yes or no? yeah. Even with the likes of, like, for instance, you know, like, depending on the car park, like, you have an enclosed car park, things like that, all these different varying things will affect your insurance premium. But dash cam on your car, that'll improve it. Okay, I think a lot of people have them dash cams yeah. across Europe and taxi drivers have them as well. I've seen a lot exactly. as well. So it's, just, it's just for the safety of everyone involved. You know, okay. you don't want to have any you know, fraudulent claims and things like that. And mm-hmm. It just works out better for everyone. Okay, and this one I'm really interested in is the Segway F25 scooter. Correct, yeah. So the likes of this one here, we have uh, the Segway. Segway is a very good company. They've been kind of the, the main kind of uh, forerunner when it comes to the likes of any electrical products, when it comes to, say, your transport and things like that. They started off with that, uh, as everyone remembers, that uh, the original Segway that you would have seen. Like, oh, yeah. Things yeah. like Molkoff and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they never really went anywhere, did they? No, unfortunately. But scooters, on the other hand, they're after taking off massively. Um, oh. I was recently up in Dublin there, and they've been very popular. Like, a lot of them, like the, like, the city centres, they've been becoming more and more popular because main benefit is you're not having to drive the car to the city centre you're getting yep. into massive traffic mm. especially if you live close by to where you work it's easy to go to and from and you can leave it in work charge it up don't take long to charge and even most of the time you wouldn't even have to fully charge it up yeah so for instance with the likes of say that one there you're getting around a 15 and a half mile per top speed uh, 12.4 mile top range so in around kind of you're getting 25 kilometer an hour that's kind of your top speed with them uh, with the likes of your charging time three and a half hours uh, you'll have different driving modes as well so for instance have like say eco modes so say if you want to take it nice and handy you're not going too fast or say you're not burning the battery basically exactly yeah. you mm-hmm. want to conserve your battery layer. and then also you just don't want to go as fast you just kind of want to take it nice and slow then there's also the modes if you did want to go to the max speed you can go on that mm. for any parents out there that are thinking of getting this for any of their kids and things like that you can go onto the app and you can adjust the top speed on it oh, so say you can control it exactly yeah. oh. so instead of like having them go you know crazy kilometer an hour mm. you can uh, lower it down and they won't even know that's that's also the other joy if they'll think 
that that's the max speed. Yeah, yeah. But you will have adjusted in the app. So, so there's a parental control on them as well. Exactly, which is nice for the likes of safety and things like that as well. Right. So this is a, I think we do see a lot of these around, even in Kilkenny, Carlow, Waterford, I just see them around recently. More and more, and I suppose after Christmas, I'd imagine we're going to see a, a lot more. Exactly, we're going to see a lot more. We had a lot of people in there recently enough and getting them for the likes of Christmas gifts and things like that. They're very bopper in that regard, especially for the likes of transport in town as well. Okay, and then we have a competition this week, and what we have is the, is it the Energy System Beatbox 2? Yeah, that's correct. So it is one of our little Bluetooth speakers that we have here in store. Mm. Uh, with that, you'll have a, it's kind of like a fabric mesh going over, so they're nice and stylish, they look really nice, mm-hmm. they're a nice gift, um, and they'll deliver pretty decent sound, so they're Bluetooth, so once you have that connected to the likes of your phone, you'll be able to play any music, say, whether like the YouTube, things like that, that will come off it straight away. Back. Yeah, and your Spotify, that's what I use it for. Yeah, I've got two or three of them around the house, actually, it's just handy to have them in different spots. Handy. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Listen, Jason, that's all we have time for, and it's our last show, so happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And we might see you again sometime. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Jason. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win the Energy System Beatbox 2 from Electro City is text or WhatsApp as the answer to this week's question. Who is the current Minister of Transport? Along with your name and details to the dinnersready.ie text line on 083 306 and the winner will be contacted after the show tonight. OK, and right after the break, I'll be talking to Carl Egan from Enterprise Ireland about travel and transport tech. Featuring new and emerging tech from around the world. Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. And welcome back. Groundbreaking Irish companies are delivering innovative technologies helping travel sellers maximise their revenue and profitability. Now, with the help of Enterprise Ireland, there's over 100 Irish-based travel and transport tech companies creating one of the most innovative hubs in Europe. Joining me is Carl Egan, Senior Development Advisor at Enterprise Ireland, for a whistle-stop tour of the emerging opportunities and insights on travel and transport tech. Carl, you're very welcome to Tech Matters. Thank you. Nice to be here. The first question I have for you is, could you just tell us a little bit about your role in Enterprise Ireland? Um, So Enterprise Ireland helps companies to start, innovate and scale internationally. And my role in Enterprise Ireland is to support the development of um, Irish travel tech companies. Um, And I do that working with my colleagues in Ireland and also with colleagues in our 40 overseas offices. And we support companies with their market entry strategies. We help them increase their innovation levels. We enhance or try to enhance their leadership development and, and improve competitiveness. In 2021, Enterprise Ireland as an organization saw an overall 12% growth in their exports. So we're talking about travel and, and transport tech. Can you break down the two? They're two different things, really, aren't they? So let's get those bits straight first so we have a good idea where we're going. I suppose in its simplest terms, travel tech is really means using tech to travel, to, to book your trips. So sports, mm. um, airline bookings, hotel bookings, you know, trips and um, events you're going to go to when you're traveling. And then transport tech, I, I look at kind of like mobility tech. There's a lot of mobility as a services companies that we're working with at the moment. We further break the sector down into companies targeting the hospitality sector, companies targeting um, airlines, and then the the travel tech platforms, companies like Hostel World and Car Trawler, and then the mobility companies, the ones who are trying to make it easier for us to get around on a day-to-day basis. 
Okay, that's a good breakdown. So what are the key sectors and opportunities for Enterprise Ireland customers in the first part, the travel, travel tech? Yeah. I suppose after a challenging two years for this sector, we're beginning to see travel come back on the agenda for people. So airlines, hotels, um, travel operators saw, you know, a healthy growth in demand in 2022. Unfortunately, at that time, that did coincide with some capacity issues in the industry. Um, but for the companies that I work with and the travel tech companies, it really did mean plenty of opportunities to grow their businesses and to rebound after a difficult couple of years. Um, that said, I suppose going into 2023, the, the sector continues to face challenges. Energy prices are obviously up. There's labor shortages in the industry. A lot of people chose to pivot out of the hospitality sector in particular over COVID as they retrained. And then I suppose the other piece to this is looking at the cost of living crisis and the impact on people's discretionary spend. So, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty going into 2023, but there's also a lot of opportunity because I suppose the response to some of these challenges from the travel providers has been to look for more automation, to look at ways of being efficient, but also providing a high level of service to their customers. So that's created an opportunity for a lot of our Irish innovators. So, you know, you've companies like P3 Hotels, Revenista, AccuBook. These are all kind of booking engines for hotels, Mm -hmm. um, helping to automate that process for the hotels. And then you have companies like Alchemy. So they help companies manage their people and their property. And again, digital tools to enhance automation as they run their businesses. Um, in the airline sector, I think the trends are around analytics, optimization, ancillary revenue, and as they try and rebuild profitability now a couple of years out, you know, a year or two out from the pandemic. And it was the companies we have in that space, the um, Daylex, Planetas, um, Car Trawler, In-Flight Audio, there's a number of them targeting, um, targeting airlines as well who see a big opportunity in 2023. Okay, it's a lot there. So there's a lot of companies. And like, what, what's the breakdown then in terms of travel tech? Would that be the majority of the, the these 100 Irish based companies? Um, well, there's obviously, there, there's, you know, there's, there's startups as well. So there's yes, a number of emerging startups in the space as well. Companies like OptiFly, who would have been set up a couple of years ago, or have now, you know, signed partnerships with Ryanair and Eurowings, I think this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in terms of the breakdown of the hundred companies, there's probably, you know, an equal enough split between the different subsectors that I highlighted. And then there's a spread in terms of the size of those organizations and what stage of development they're at. Yeah. And, and then moving on then to our tech. So what, what kind of companies are in that area and what are the opportunities or what's the, what's changing? Yeah, well, I suppose what we're seeing a lot of is um, the emergence of kind of micro mobility companies. So companies like Zeus, um, Zeus Mobility, Zip, um, Luna Systems, all of these companies are providing services into the e-scooter industry. And then you have um, other companies like City Swift based out of Galway, and they, um, they're attempting to get bus services to become more efficient and, you know, provide a better service using kind of big data, AI, ML, and, and things like that. So so they're doing a lot of work in that area. There's another company, Good Travel Software, based out of Dublin, and they're a software platform that allows people to um, book car sharing. So again, mm-hmm. all these emerging 
trends seem to be here to stay as people maybe move away from having one or two personalized vehicles and look to, you know, a kind of a, a more of a sharing model? With any tech that I've been speaking to people about in the last couple of weeks, sustainability always comes up and sustainability in travel and transport plays a key role now. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, yeah. what challenges there is and, and what kind of solutions are out there now? Well, as with sustainability, is it's a big challenge in travel, mm. but it's also a big opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we hear a lot about sustainable aviation fuel, about carbon offsetting and tracking carbon. So there's a number of different, um, I suppose, companies with offerings in those areas as consumers begin to consider green credentials when they're deciding who, what airline to go with or where, what destination to go to or what hotel to stay in. So some of those companies, so, I mean, Aer Lingus and Ryanair offer carbon offsetting. Ryanair have also partnered with Trinity College this year to open up the Sustainable Aviation Research Centre they have there. And then you have companies like Fexto, so their PACE platform analyzes um, predictive CO2 emissions from aircraft. Um, another company, Hoobly Green, so that's a kind of a remote working platform where remote workers come together to decide where they can meet. And, and they allow you to decide based on what is the most carbon efficient place for a number of people from different points in the world to to come together and to you know to facilitate that remote working meeting mm-hmm. um hostel world we're also getting behind this sustainability agenda and they recently partnered with bureau veritas to do a piece of work comparing the co2 emissions from hotels versus um hostels so there is a lot going on in the space and i suppose in enterprise ireland and in our work with our client companies we're really trying to both in ireland and internationally understand the impact that sustainability will have on the different parts of their business both in terms of what the buyers what their customers are looking for and also in terms of how they can run their businesses more sustainably so we have supports like a green start support and green plus support to help you kind of figure out how you can run your business more sustainably so there's a huge amount going on in the space so we're just trying to you know keep on top of it and, and really um, help navigate that both internationally and in Ireland for our clients. Yeah, I think even in, just in general state sustainability, there's huge opportunities and new categories of, of businesses that I think will emerge yeah. to, to aid sustainability. So I think that's one of the most interesting areas that I've kind of been covering over the last couple of weeks. And tell us a little bit about key trends in growth and, and where does Enterprise Ireland see the opportunity going forward? I suppose in terms of travel tech, I mean, we're yeah. really looking again at a continuation of that trend around productivity and automation, the demand for that is really only increasing from what we're seeing. Um, personalization. And so post COVID, there was a big drive to kind of, you know, more personalized, tailored travel, you know, yeah. people hadn't traveled in so long and it experiences, was yeah. Experiential and meeting mm. family and friends and things like that. So I think that will continue into next year. And then again, the sustainability. I mean, it's, I suppose it's about trying to, you know, lessen the, Im- the environmental impact of tourism and, th- and that's going to continue in, in the travel sector. So that's another one that we're watching. Uh, and speaking of watching, what are the things to watch out for, do you think, in 2023? So again, um, from the perspective of travel, you know, it's going to be 
looking at the cost of living, the impact that that's going to have on people's discretionary spend, including travel. And, you know, historically, inflation has taken some time to um, wash out of the system. And that brings a little bit of uncertainty. But again, with that uncertainty comes opportunity because, again, it's feeding into that need for automation and efficiency. And, that you know, that's something that Irish companies are very strong at and that our software, our travel tech providers are very strong at. Just on, on a side note, we have a Tech Thursday event we were running in Kenny about five years ago, and we did it on travel tech. We had companies like Ryanair, Box Ever, Car Trawler, City Slifter here. The largest amount of people we had turn up to an event was for travel tech. Wow. Which I thought was really interesting. We had 160 yeah. people on a Thursday afternoon. And I, I was wondering why that was. And I realized it was because Kilkenny had an interest or has a, a you know, a, a reliability on uh, tourism. And mm-hmm. when you mix tourism with the travel, I thought that was really interesting. So do you see any opportunities in the future where we'll see more regional breakouts of complementary industries working together possibly? I mean, it's a good point. And, and we do, I do see a good bit of an in this sector already. People like City Swift, based yeah. in Galway. And then I think it's Zeus, um, Zeus Mobility are headquartered in Carlo and be growing, um, yeah. internationally from there. AccuWalk are based in Donegal. So there's, there's a number of different, there is a, there's a regional spread to this already, you know, mm-hmm. so, so I do think it's probably one where we will see more regional activity in the, yeah. in the coming years. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point at the end of it. Carl, it's been really interesting and thanks for coming in and join me after the break. We'll be talking to Scott Newman of Thinking Dimensions about tech and strategy for 2023 and beyond. Home. You're listening to Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear, taking a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives. Welcome back. And don't forget, we have a competition from Electro City. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win the Energy System Beatbox 2 is to text or WhatsApp us the answer to this week's question, who is the current Minister of Transport, along with your name and details to the dinnersready.ie text line on 083-306-9696 and the winner will be contacted after the show. My expert interview this week is with Scott Newton. Scott is Managing Partner at Thinking Dimensions. He's based in Italy and a native of Vancouver. Scott focuses on strategy, digital transformation, mergers and acquisition for leading companies worldwide. He has worked with global clients specifically to identify the best path for growth and sustainability while developing new business models. Scott, you're very welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here today. We're looking at tech companies and predictions for 2023. I mean, lots has happened over the last year. So my first question is kind of two questions, really. The first part is, what are the big inflection points that you see that have happened that you think will influence, you know, tech companies going forward and some obvious ones, of course. And secondly, what changes do you think we'll see in 2023 with regards to how tech companies operate and, and, and move themselves into growth? Yeah, well, the first thing I touch on that is there's been a fundamental change in some thinking. And so this idea of grow big, fast, at any cost, obviously investors are starting to question that and they're pulling back from it. As well, companies are looking at how they're spending money on technology and they're having their own inflection points where they're asking, are they making the right investments? So I don't think we'll see large organizations stop spending on technology. That's impossible or implausible, but they're going to really look at where they're getting a bang for their buck and where they can consolidate spending or or be more efficient 
in how they allocate those resources. And of course, this change is very disruptive. It's, it's different than what we've seen for the past few years. Okay. And, and can you give some examples of that where you see that going? Yeah. Well, let's look at the banks. So mm. the banks and particularly JP Morgan had announced earlier this year, they were going to spend $13 billion upgrading their tech stack. And the CEO took a lot of flack and pushback on that, including from some of their largest investors. And so now they're redetailing that and they'll be readdressing it. So in the finance world, I think that's a good example. If I look in the B2B world's Maersk, which is one of the world's largest logistics companies, they just shut down their blockchain uh, initiative uh, after spending a, really a lot of money on it, and they, they got no traction, and so they've closed that this week. And some people are quite surprised by that. They thought that this would be the future. So mm. I think that there is this questioning at the board level, you know, what are you spending your money on and what are you getting for it? And the kind of long-shot fishing expeditions are not being prioritized, particularly as companies become worried about their, their profitability and they're getting some tough questions from their major investors. Yeah, so profitability is really the question, isn't it? And we see a lot of tech companies over the last couple of months have let people go because the focus was almost on growth on their um, predicted worth as such rather than uh, creating profit. So is that something you see becoming more important now that companies are going to have to kind of pull back a little bit and, and start, to work, start worrying about creating profit? Well, de definitely. I mean, we've seen that a lot of the big tech companies have lost 60, 70% of their value by market cap this year in the yep. markets. And so they're wanting to respond in some way to this. There are so many talented people in technology. And I think that similar to what we saw in 2000 with the dot-com crash, mm -hmm. and then 2008 with the financial meltdown, organizations are looking at new priorities. And what we'll see spring out of this are completely brand new companies where some of these people who have left or chosen to leave, say, hey, I have a better idea. We can do this better. And, you know, someone's going to create the next Salesforce coming out of this uh, or, or the next Uber. But the idea that a company can go long periods of time without generating profits, I think people are revisiting that. I do believe that, that organizations are asking the question of how do they create value? And this idea of just grow big fast isn't going to be the answer. We can see with the Gorillas acquisition this week mm. that, um, you know, that was another organization that had billions in market cap at one point and then was essentially sold for less than the cost of equity. Yeah. And, and who do you think then will do well and who will do badly as we as we go into 2023? Is it going to be a case of particular industries or is it particular of how companies are organized culturally? Or what way do you see that? There are some industries that I find very interesting, and I think technology has a big play to make on them still. One I'll give you an example of is insurance. Yep. And the insurance business, some of the business models haven't changed in 500 years. And, and there are tremendous opportunities. I came across a scale-up organization in Australia that is insuring the food riders. So, you know, you have the people on the bicycle that deliver food to you. Yep. And you would think this is not a very attractive group of people to go after for insurance. They don't have a lot of money. They can't pay you in advance. Uh, but they've actually gone down to a per-click. So so when when you order your food, the rider automatically with that click of your order is insured for the duration of your ride. Mm. And, and so this is this is brilliant to me. This is a whole new industry. Organizations that do not have rigid corporate cultures, 
organizations that encourage experimentation and taking risks, small risks, I'm not saying bet the company risks, but those organizations are going to do more, in my opinion, because they're going to capture opportunities that the others don't see. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Just going back as well to your point about the, like the the insurance. I mean, like, there's a lot of talk about you know embed insurance is kind of the buzzword now as well. But I, I think there's a huge area of opening new categories in insurance as well that could completely change the market. So I find a lot of insurance are tinkering under the engine without really looking at the bigger picture. And even in Asia, I think the Asian market with regards to insurance is an interesting one because I was in Thailand about five six years ago, and you could actually. At a, outside of 7-Eleven, you could purchase on a, a machine like an ATM your insurance for that month for your for your moped. So there's obviously lots of different models that can be used within insurance. So yeah, I think industry, in terms of industries, yeah, insurance is definitely a, a very, very big one. And where do you see the big opportunity in 2023? If you were to pick out of everything that you've seen over the last couple of years, and where do you think there's a, there's a real opportunity for 2023? Well, one area, again, that is not what I'd call the sexy front page of the Financial Times industry, but our services to our aging populations. So as you mentioned, I live in Italy. We have the second oldest population in the world after Japan. Mm-hmm. But but in all Western countries, we have this rapidly aging population base. And obviously, as we get older, we need different services and we need different types of assistance. So yep. businesses that cater and supply to this growing affluent audience are going to do really well, not just in 2023, but for the next decade. The other thing I I would think is that there's still a lot of room to be made in, in payments. So payments is, is an area I know there it's a very crowded space, but I think that there's still a lot of green opportunities there that will come up. And when I speak about green, then the trend towards sustainability is not going away. So any industry products, services that can help, reduce the consumption of resources, uh, I think will do very well. I mean, I look at a company like Schneider Electric and what Mm. they've been able to do in in digital transformation in reducing energy consumption of buildings. Now, just last week I was in London and I know we have a full-flown, full-bledged energy crisis going on at the moment. Yet in London, I still saw tremendous amounts of energy being wasted. You know, heaters on maximum with doors open and areas that were overheated with no one in them. And, and of course, this this can be fixed. There are technologies that can address this. And so that will be another area where I believe we'll see growth 2023 and much beyond. And just speaking about that, there's something that you mentioned, I, I copped it in some of your, your posts. You, you spoke about ECG or ESG, I should say. So Correct. environmental, social and governance. Could you tell me a little bit about that and how that's going to be useful and uh, very important to companies uh, going forward? Yeah, well, the, the area of this that I think deserves the most emphasis and that is not really hit on right now is governance, the G. Mm. So in every organization, you have a management team and a board. If you're a small company, that might even be the same two people. If you're IBM or Microsoft, that could be a a big structure. But in every single organization, we have these two groups and they have two distinct roles. So management's role is to grow the business, to return uh, investment to shareholders. But the board's actual legal responsibility is the long-term sustainability of the organization. Mm -hmm. So they should not be taking decisions that 
are short-term profit-oriented, whether the company has an ESG orientation or not, because their legal responsibility is to keep this organization running and to have the best possible performance for all the stakeholders. So if we really do a good job on the governance, then the E and the S are somewhat automatic. And that's why I come a lot of times back down to the decision-making. Who's Mm. the chair? Who are the non-executive directors? Who are the independent directors? How do these people talk to each other and how do they relate? Uh, one of the most interesting things I found out of the 2008 financial crisis was, you know, the collapse of some of the banks in the UK. And following that, there was an inquest. And, and what they learned during that inquest is that a number of board members of those banks that had failed did not understand the material that was being presented to them. Mm. Uh, and so because they didn't understand it, they were rubber stamping things, but that doesn't help. And most likely, I mean, it's always easy to look back in time, but if they had asked questions, we might not have arrived in the position we were, which required a bailout of billions of dollars of taxpayer money from mm. the bank. So we don't want to see that, a repeat of that again, or at least I don't. We don't, but do you think they've learned their lesson? No. <laughs> no, and I think that by bailing them out, we give a terrible incentive yeah. mm-hmm. uh, not to. So if I am, if I'm a bank CEO, why not just maximize every opportunity I have? Because mm-hmm. I know that I have a lender of last resort who's going to step in. And I think yep. that phrase "too big to fail" was mm-hmm. one of the worst things that came out of the financial crisis. Everyone should be able to fail. Yeah, and I, exactly, and, and and should be, you know, and I think it's it's a really really good point, and I I think there is still trouble with banks going forward, and if you don't have skin in the game, well, there's going to be trouble. And I remember a quote; I can't remember who said it, but I think it was Bill Bill Black. I think it was Bill Black who said it. He said, "The best way to rob a bank is to own one," you know. So um, <laughs> it's tough. It's a fair point. Looking at a lot of your posts on LinkedIn, um, you almost end nearly every post with "strategy is mastery." And uh, and again, I'm fascinated by strategy. The problem is that defining strategy is so difficult. Oh, the, it's, the word strategy gets thrown around a lot, and I mm. think it's a misused word. I think mm. a lot of people are tired of it as well. Uh, yeah. But here's what we're really doing. We want to talk about products. We want to talk about markets. And we want to talk about capabilities. Mm. So it's really about determining which products or services will I sell, provide, in which markets, And what are the capabilities I need in order to be able to realize that? Mm. And so where I I see organizations get into the most trouble with strategy is they all like to talk about what they will be doing, but very few of them talk about what they'll stop doing or won't be doing. And it's that no part of strategy that determines where you're really allocating resources. So, of Mm. course, capital is becoming a little bit more expensive again. Inventory is becoming more expensive again. And with this, every organization is going to have to make those decisions on where am I going to allocate scarcer resources? Mm-hmm. So that's what, what strategy will do for you. When strategy is working well, you're able to push decision making, you know, really close to the front lines of the organization. And that's because the people on the front lines, they know what the, the strategy of the business is. And so they can take the best decisions they see in order to make that strategy a reality. And that's also where then it gets really exciting because it, it's empowering to people as opposed to, I can't help you because the system says no. What do you think is the best book and strategy people could be reading now in, in the moment that we're in? 
<laughs> well, there are so many. There, there are mm. literally hundreds. But this book, w- which was published about two, three weeks ago, okay. Decisions Over Decimals, with Christopher Frank, Paul Magnone, and Oded Netzer, mm. is all about the balance between intuition and information. And I think that's really important because where I see sometimes organizations stall is they say, oh, we need more data. So, oh, we can't take a decision. We don't have the data. We see this a lot with governments. Oh, if only we had the data. We're going to do another study. We're, 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 you yes. know, there's these endless studies that are going on. But in organizations, we need to balance this intuition and information. Mm-hmm. And so leaders, uh, strategies about the future. So you're not going to have perfect information. There is no balance sheet or income statement for strategy. You need to predict what's going to happen next. And the better that you can prepare your people to do that, and the more you can measure how how good or or how bad are you at doing this, then the better your decisions will become over time. And ultimately, that's what's going to make the difference. It's that balance of intuition and information. And is there any other books that influenced you as well, just over the years, that you think would be interesting for our listeners to to, to check out, Scott? Well, one, I, I'm a little bit biased, but our, our group CEO he wrote mm-hmm. an excellent book. His name is Tim Luco, and it's called Making Big Decisions Better. And I helped him with some of that. But it really just takes the strategy process and breaks it down. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Wrap it up. Well, I think that 2023 is going to be a year that favors the bold. Okay. And a lot of organizations are concerned because they hear there's a recession coming. In some Mm -hmm. countries, we already have data of a recession in progress. And that, that... results in, in people freezing or, or not taking decisions. But we can see in every past crisis, depression, uh, war situation, it's the people that take the really bold decisions that end up with the biggest rewards. So my advice to everyone is I'm not saying take rash decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm saying take bold decisions where you have a process in place and you have a hypothesis and you're really focusing on delivering on that and, and being different than your competitors because the cost cutting is actually the easiest tool every manager has, mm-hmm. but that's not going to help us in terms of growing value. Okay. So it's been beyond better. You just have to be different. Listen, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed the time. Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for the invitation. It was great to be here. With the latest tech news, insights and reviews, this is Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. And welcome back. The Electro City competition for the energy system Beatbox 2. Well, the question that we had was who is the current Minister for Transport? And that's Eamon Ryan. And the winner will be contacted right after the show. I'd like to thank my guests tonight, Scott Newman of Thinking Dimensions and Carl Egan from Enterprise Ireland. The show notes and recordings for this week's and the previous five weeks show are on the KCLR website. And that's it for this week's show and for Tech Matters for that matter. I'd like to thank Edna Quirk for the opportunity to create the show and Nicole for putting together the podcast. And as ever, to thank the show's sound engineer, Martin Bridgman, and our producer, Catherine Fibbs, with whom none of this would be possible. And finally, to thank you guys for listening. I'm John Clear. You have been listening to Tech Matters. Have a very happy holidays. From home to work, health to agri, this is Tech Matters on KCLOR, a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives with John Clear.